Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. We're going to read a fair bit of Scripture tonight, so turn with me to Mark chapter 7. If you love your Bible, say Amen. Awesome. All right, I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, One day, some Pharisees and teachers of the religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of His disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of washing before eating, of hand washing before eating. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked Him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat without first performing the hand washing ceremony. And there is where COVID-19 began. Verse 6, Jesus replied, You hypocrites! Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship his fast, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. You hypocrites! I promise tonight I really want to bring an encouraging message. But before we do, would you pray with me? Dear Lord, I thank You for Your Word. I pray that tonight You would bring it to life in our lives. And Lord, that You would speak to us, each individually, Lord. That, Lord, we would walk into Your will and Your way for us. Lord, we just come before You, humble servants, broken people, ready to serve You and to do Your work. In Your mighty Name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Jesus always had some words to say about the religious teachers of the day, the Pharisees, didn't He? You hypocrites, He says in Mark chapter 7. And if you've been in church for a while or know your Bible, it's tempting to go, yeah, those guys. I would never be like that, right? But Jesus was just getting started in Mark chapter 7. You see, after explaining some more examples of their hypocrisy, he turns to verse 14 and he says, Then Jesus called to the crowd to come and hear. And he said, All of you listen. Everyone say, All. All. He said, And he, Dad knows, Dad knows the Eastlake way. Everyone say, All. All. That's better. He said, And try to understand it's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You were defiled by what comes from your heart. And with that, Jesus made one of the most outstanding, out there statements, countercultural statements from that day. Why? Because at the time, you know from verses one and five that this was out of the world, out of this world. The Jewish people, they did everything they could to keep their hands clean, to keep their bodies clean to keep their food clean, to keep their houses clean. You could almost say the Jewish people had a bad case of OCD. (laughs) They did everything that they could to keep these things out, whether it be by tradition or by rules or by law. And I don't think in Western society that we could ever truly understand how entrenched it was in their culture. And yet into that space, into that place, into that culture comes Jesus to make statements and claims that were just so countercultural. He even gives them a science lesson in verse 18. Look at this. Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. 
By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. This is revolutionary stuff in this time. And then he added, it is what comes from inside you that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All of these vile things come from within you. They are what defile you. Encouraging, right? But before we get into the encouragement, I need you to know tonight that your heart is a liar. Your heart is is a liar. It was Jeremiah the prophet who said in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who could understand it? Your heart is a liar. And you might be sitting there going, no, not me. (laughs) Isn't it the heart wants what the heart wants? Well, maybe, but that's not always what the soul needs. Just because the heart wants what the heart wants doesn't necessarily mean that it's what the soul needs. You don't need to conduct an exhaustive search to find the source. You didn't need to go looking on some journey. You just need to look within your own heart. One theologian said that sin is not the spilling, uh, not the splatter of mud on the outside, but a spilling of a dirt from the inside. Think about it. Every outward act of sin comes from an inward act of choice. Your heart, it's a liar. So where's the encouragement tonight? Well, put your hand up if you've got a heart. Exactly. There's a few people without their hands up. Don't worry. We've got a doctor in the room. It's all good. Your heart may be a liar, but be encouraged tonight. We all have a heart. It's messy, but we're in it together. Who wouldn't agree that life is messy? Life is messy, but we serve a God who is willing to step into our mess and in love and in compassion bring healing. He was willing to get his hands dirty. It wasn't too hard for him. It wasn't too messy for him. He was willing to stand up against this culture He was willing to stand up against a system of government ruled by fear and pain and greed. And to a people who didn't even know who he was or truly understand, to a people who would reject him, he was willing to stand up and be crucified on a cross to bridge the gap, to make a way, to bring redemption, to bring healing. That's why we call him Saviour. That's why we call him Redeemer. That's why we call Him Healer. That's why we call Him King. That's why we call Him Jesus. Christ, the name above all names. He was willing to step down into our mess, pick us up out of that mud or that miry clay, as my favourite song says, and place our feet on solid ground, on solid rock. Your heart may be a liar, and we're all in this together, but you also need to know tonight, that He knows your heart and He came anyway. He knows your heart and He came anyway. Turn to the person next to you and say, He came anyway. Now, I came for a reason tonight. I actually, contrary to popular belief, 
called Pastor Claude during the week and I said, I need to speak at your church. I've got a word. I've also got a blue Hyundai i30 that I'm trying to sell. <laughs> Have you got a photo, guys? There it is. Oh, oh, look at that. It comes with a few things, a bit of mess. There's a paint. There's paint missing off the back and just the handles. Um, but look at that. It's a beautiful beast of a car. It's a beautiful beast of a car. And Lee and I are kind of looking to upgrade. And so we were hoping to sell the car. But it's got its issues. We went to the mechanic recently and the, the A4 piece of paper came in three. Um, you know, oil leaking from here, oil leaking from there. I don't know the places, but there was multiple oils leaking. And did I mention that my wife also drives the car? And so there's some scratches and some dings. <laughs> there's a spot on the back left, which I'm still trying to work out what happened. She says that the letterbox moved or the sensors weren't working. I can't figure it out. Now we paid $21,990 for that blue beast. It's a trophy, some special model. <laughs> and we're hoping to upgrade to a RAV4. Did I mention the radio doesn't work? <laughs> it turns on and the light comes up, but no sound at all. Radio, CDs, nothing. Doesn't work. It's two grand to fix. We decided we'll go silent. We pray in our car all the time anyway, <laughs> obviously. Anyway, we're, we're, our dream is to get a Toyota RAV4. Everyone say, ooh. ooh. Oh, yeah, did I, we've got leather seats. Ooh. We've got two kids. <laughs> Anyway, we want to upgrade to this RAV4, so Lee and I were kind of hoping that we could come here and go into this moment where we say, everyone bow your heads and raise your hand if you'd like to buy our car. <laughs> we actually were really hoping that someone generous would, would purchase it for the price we paid for it six years ago. We kind of thought that was fair. Yeah? yeah. Anyone in? <laughs> it would make no sense, right? It would be stupid of you to buy our car, especially now that you know everything that is wrong with it. And yet that's exactly what God did for us. It's exactly what God did for us. He looked down on us and He can see all of the scratches and the dings and the turns that we've taken wrong. And not only did He come down, He made the greatest sacrifice of all. He paid full price for you. He paid full price for you. You weren't on sale. You weren't cheap. Come on. He sent His Son to die on a cross for us. He knows your heart and He came anyway. He knows your heart and He came anyway. Look at where Jesus goes next in verse 24. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. He didn't want anyone to know which house He was staying in, but He couldn't keep it a secret. Right away, a woman who had heard about him came and fell at his feet. Her little girl was possessed by an evil spirit and she begged him to cast out the demon from her daughter. Since she was a Gentile born in Syrian, Jesus told her, first I should feed the children. I go silent when I can't pronounce the word. My own family, the Jews, 
It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs under the table are allowed to eat the scraps from the children's plates. Good answer, he said. Now go home for the demon has left your daughter. And when she arrived home, she found her little girl lying quietly in bed and the demon was gone. And it's a powerful story, but maybe some of you are sitting there going, hang on, Josh. Did Jesus just call a lady a dog? Is that what just happened in that passage of Scripture? And yeah, he kind of did, but if you look into it, he, he took the sting out of it and he didn't actually use the normal word for dog. He used a word that meant like little dog or puppy even. Still kind of offensive, right? <laughs> but you've got to get the bigger picture here. You see, Jesus, he was coming to save all nations and all people. But the Bible's really clear that he was going to do it through the line of David, through the Israelites and through the Jewish people. And so the onlookers there, the Jews would have been going, what is happening here? He was never supposed to be that north into this place called Ty. He was never supposed to be in the home of a Gentile. He was never supposed to be talking to a Gentile woman. And yet here he was. And I love the response of the Gentile woman. She doesn't argue about the word dog like we are. She accepts her humble place and level before God, before Jesus. And she asks to be dealt with on that same level and so receives from Jesus. See, there's power in coming to Jesus just as you are. It was a humble, faith-filled submission to Jesus that brought the victory. Faith plus humility. Nothing appeals to Jesus more than faith plus humility. And we're tempted to go, aren't we meant to be perfect though? Aren't we meant to have done all of these things? And I'm sure the Jews in the day would have been going, but we washed our hands. We followed all of the law. We did everything. God, why are you coming to my town? Jesus, what are you doing up here in this place called Tyre? But He knows your heart. Aren't I meant to be perfect? He knows your heart. Aren't I meant to have done all of these things? He knows your heart. Jesus came to get His hands dirty. He isn't some high up and mighty God incapable of mixing in our mess. The whole story of the Bible is a God who so loved the world that no matter how broken it got, no matter how sick or fallen it got, He would pay the ultimate sacrifice to save it. He entered our broken world. He entered our broken world. But I need you to know tonight that it's not just our broken world that He would enter. You see, this Gentile woman was a message to the world that the Saviour was willing to enter our own brokenness on the inside of us, on the inside of you. Jesus wants to make Himself known. On the inside of you, Jesus wants to make Himself home. He knows your heart and He came anyway into our mess and He isn't looking for perfect people. He's simply looking for faith plus humility. Faith plus humility brings the victory. It would be hopeless to try and purify ourselves by some sort of outward act, some sort of outside thing. It could only be something internal, a choice, 
a choice to trust in Jesus, who came to give us eternal life, who came to bind up the brokenhearted, bring hope to the hopeless. He knows your heart and He came anyway, but here's the good news. He came to restore it. He came to restore it. He came to restore your heart. That brokenness, that emptiness that you've lived with for so long, you can't even put your finger on it. You can't work out what it is, but you're searching. You're hoping. He came to restore it. And this is the best bit. He can't be kept secret. He can't be kept secret. I love verse 24. It says, Then Jesus left Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre. We read this. He didn't want anyone to know which house he was staying in, but he couldn't keep it a secret. How many people want their family to have the same hope that we do? How many people want their friends to have the same hope that we do? How many people want to see the city of Rockingham find healing in the name of Jesus? He can't be kept secret. It's the best bit. I love this because the woman, the Gentile woman, she was actually interceding on someone else's behalf. And a man later in the passage intercedes on behalf of his friend. They were coming to Jesus on behalf of their friends, their family and their community. You see, God can heal your broken heart. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.